Good morning, happy Hanukkah to all. <coughs> Welcome to those joining us for the Likuti Halachas, Yoradeya Chelek Aleph, Hilchis Geiluach, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Yud. We dedicate the learning today for a complete refu shalama for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bazgalia, Yehuda Gorariye Ben Bernice, Yuspendel Basketaleya, Vivalana Bas Yuspendel, Sarachu Bas Yuspendel, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Yerachmiel Yisrael Doi Ben Frumet Nachama, Chaim ben Rachel, Gitgenendel ben Sipoira, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freundel Rechel, Shlomo Nisim ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hinda Chasa bas Chana, David Lei ben Shena, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Avigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, Shira Dvoira bas Miriam, Jonas ben Hilda, Chaim Ari ben Brocha, Idis bas Miriam Brangel, Tuvietzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yoel ben Edna, Ami ben Chai ben Yehuda Skila, Meir ben Frida, Besorich Shar Choyli Yisrael. We're in the middle of a discussion about Emuna, and Rav Nosson Zal is going to elaborate. Ki Iker Hu Emuna, because one of the most important things in Yiddishkeit is Emuna. Ki Ho Emuna. He has cholo, vaha pesach, vaha shar, lichnois, bavoides hashem, ubasogas alkus. Because emuna is the beginning, it's the entrance way to enter into serving hashem and to achieving any high level understanding about hashem. Vihi has soif, vaha tachlis, shall call hayadias vahasogas. And it's also the end and the ultimate goal of all knowledge and deep understanding of Hashem. Bibchinas, as is brought in many svarim, tachlis hayadia asher loyneida, that the epitome of knowledge, the highest level of knowledge is the realization that we don't know. Just like Rabbi Nachman Shirin writes on the first chapter of Likut Imran, that from the fact that Rabbi Nassau uses Yaakov Avinu there as the symbol of Chachma. Yaakov Avinu is the Shemesh, he's Chachma. Rabbi Nassau writes this over there in chapter 1. And we know that Yaakov Ishtam, this shows that the Iker HaSeichel is Tmimus and Pshitus. That that's the real, the highest level of Seichel. Shezeu Bechinas Emuna, which is Emuna. Asher Loineida is Emuna. Kizehu HaTachlis Shelkol Hayediois Vahasogois. Because this is really the ultimate goal of all the deep level understanding. A person who studies Gemara in depth and studies Kabbalah in depth. What are we trying to get to? I'm trying to get to the highest level of realization. That it's impossible for us to understand Hashem, to really understand Hashem. But rather, Rak Lahamim Boyisborach but rather to believe in Hashem. Now note, so a person would say then, what's the difference between a person who's been learning for 25 years and a person who's learning for one day? Both of them can say, I don't know. I don't know anything and I believe. The answer is that his I don't know is something completely, completely different than the one who really doesn't know. And this is what's meant. This is what's meant by the Pasuk in the Navi, where Hashem says, I am the beginning 
I am the end, and without, other than me, there is no Hashem. Ani hu malchus. The word ani usually is marames tamalchus. Ani ledoidi vedoidi li. There are many bechinas emuna kayadua, as is known in Sifrei Kabbalah, Sifrei Chasidus. Vezehu ani rishain, and that's the ani rishain va'ani achrain. Ki ha'haschalo hime ha'emuna va'hasoif hu emuna, because the beginning is emuna and the end is emuna. V'cholma meaning as we're climbing the ladder, we start from malchus. We go higher and higher and higher until we get to Chachma. And when we get to the top of Chachma, we go back to Malchus. We get to the Malchus of the next level, the next world. And now listen to this, because this is very important. The more a person is to get to know and understand, in understanding Hashem, what we're really trying to do is strengthen our emuna more and more. If a person is learning properly, then the more they learn, that, that they're not going to think they know much more. They're going to realize how much they don't know. They're going to realize how much greater Hashem is than they thought He was before they learned all of this knowledge. They're not closing the gap on Hashem, like I'm getting closer to Hashem and now Hashem is not that much bigger than me. It's the opposite of that. The higher a person goes in Yediyah of Yiddishkeit, the more we realize how far, how much further away Hashem is from, from our level. And this is the most important goal of all learning, depth, deep learning about Hashem. The most important goal is to strengthen one's emuna. And therefore, this requires a, an incredible high-level teacher, Rebbe, who has the ability to bring high-level understanding of Hashem, to bring it down even to the lowest, lowest people. Because in actuality, when we talk about a person achieving a very high level understanding of Hashem, we should never think that we really grasp it completely. But rather, as the Sifre Kabbal explained, it's like a person jumping up to reach something that's out of their reach. And they're jumping up, and sometimes they can touch it. They can touch it or they can almost grab onto it, but they cannot grab onto it. That's called mati, reaching, v'loi mati. I'm reaching it, but I'm not reaching it. I'm touching it, but I'm definitely not grasping it. I'm definitely not getting a hold on it. Begin the less machshavat tfisa beklal, because the Zohar Kodesh tells us, no human mind can grasp Hashem. We cannot grasp Hashem. And now Rav Nosson Zal is going to make this much clearer. Question in the chat, can we explain how emuna can be both the beginning and end goal of Yiddishkeit? How is emuna on those levels different? The answer is, on, on every level, let's say when we talk about a, a child going into class in ninth grade, starting high school, the child begins, they just graduated elementary school. And the child feels so smart, eight years of learning, 
AP is so much accumulated, so much knowledge acquired each year. And each year they thought they were finished. And now in eighth grade, they learned so many things that they didn't learn till then. Wow, they're at the top. Now they go into high school, brand new beginning. They're told this is brand new. Everything you did till now was baby stuff compared to what's happening now. Now you're bringing a new, brand new notebook. Leave all your notebooks from elementary school behind. That was all introduction, starting fresh, brand new. And start learning in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. Get to a certain peak, again, accumulating more knowledge, more knowing more and more and more. And then if the person decides to go to a higher level learning, to whatever it is, to medical school or this, that, again, they have to put aside what they learned till then and know it was all introduction. It was all a basic introduction. Now I'm starting a whole completely new level of learning that's going to make what I did in high school look, in, in, look small time you know, in comparison. This is this concept of acquiring more and more knowledge and getting to a certain high level of knowledge, but realizing that that's only within a certain framework. That's only, that's elementary school, then high school, then Lavdal University, then graduate school, levels and levels. And on each level, when a person gets to the top of that level, the next level is clearing, clearing the, the screen completely knowing that I'm going back to zero, I'm starting from zero on the new level. That zero is emuna. it's malchus, it's the dalit, poor, the les lamigava klum. If a person comes into high school with an arrogance that I know everything, they're not going to be able to absorb the new knowledge, because I know everything. It's only if a person is able to clear the registers completely. I don't know anything, I'm starting to learn right now, then that person can really absorb and benefit from all of that knowledge. And again, when a high school person says, when a graduate of high school says there are things I don't know, that's a lot different than a kid who graduated elementary school who says there are things I don't know. There's vast difference. So the emuna on each level, the emuna of a, of a person who has not learned much and the emuna of a person who's learned a lot is completely different levels if they're learning properly. Rav Nosson is going to clarify this also now in this paragraph. Paragraph Yud Aleph. Ki be'emes al pi chokhmois bevadai i'efshir lahasigoi v'leidam imenu klal. If a person wants to use just knowledge and intellect to be able to understand Hashem and to be able to connect Hashem, they will definitely not succeed. Because a person can veer off course with their intellectualism in a big way. Like the philosophers and some of the scientists with all their knowledge ended up veering, up, veering off course and coming up with all kinds of wrong, false conclusions. Some of them, which people realize already, are false, and some which we haven't discovered yet, that their falseness. Rachmona letzlan. To the point where some of these deep thinkers, these philosophers, these scientists, have come to total denial of Hashem through their intellectuality, through their studies and their knowledge and their 
V'alkein, and therefore, ho'ikar hi'emuna. The most important thing is emuna, faith, never letting go of that, and always realizing that that's my strongest connection to Hashem. <clears throat> avol, here comes the avol. Avol, however, tzrichin lehachyois eso emuna, ulechazko, alidei hamshochas hachius me'or haponim, shehu hasechel. However, since emuna is malchus, since emuna has no light of its own, since emuna is I don't know, we can't just stay with I don't know. We have to draw chiyas into that. We have to draw seichel into that, coming from the oyer haponim. This is always, again, the chapter one in Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal establishes that fact, that there's chachma and malchus, there's zohar and akeva, there's the sun and the moon, there's the rabbi and the student. And there's always the need, you need both of them. And this, to be able to draw seichel from a pure, holy place, from the oyer haponim of Hashem, and be able to bring it down, all the way down, to, to us and to the lowest people, that's accomplished by the tzaddikim of the generation who are on the highest levels. They are involved in infusing us with holy emunah. And through all the Torah and the high-level understanding of Hashem that they reveal to us, <clears throat> With that, they infuse life and, and strength to our emuna. Note where we're putting what the goal is, what the tachlis is. The goal is the highest levels of emuna. Emuna needs chachma. Emuna needs seichel to give it chiyas. Without seichel and chachma, it doesn't have certain chiyas that it needs. Because even though we see and we realize that we really don't understand the words of these great, great tzaddikim at all, and we see from the distance that the Chachma of these tzaddikim is way beyond us. The Chachma of the Arizal, the Chachma of, of the Baal Shem Tov, the tzaddikim, Rabbeinazal, all of these tzaddikim, we see that it's way, way beyond us. Afal Pikein, despite that, Kol Chad Kefumande Meshar Belibay, Yochoy Lehisnoitzitz Boy Me'at Remozim Gedoylem Vechazokim, Still, each and every one of us, based on our heart, based on where we're at in our connection with Hashem, we can feel a little bit, we can get hints, powerful hints, as to how much we have to strengthen ourselves with emunah, and then kulai hai v'ulai. And with all of this, Maybe, maybe, Yizke Gamkein Leida Ulahasik Tzas. Maybe, maybe, we will also be Zorcha to get to have a little bit of an understanding about Hashem. Lachso is Benoyam Hashem, Ulavaker Becholoi. To be Zorcha to gaze at the splendor of Hashem and to visit 
in the palace, in the throne room of Hashem. The Zohar Kodesh explains, Noyam Hashem is always Bina, that's the upper Shechina. Heichal is the Malchus, the lower Shechina. Heichal is Bigematria Aleph Dalet Nun Yud. So this Posik Lachso is Benoyam Hashem, to be Zoyachet, to see, to gaze at the Noyam Hashem. Gaze means from far. Lachso is to means from far, in a sense. Ulevaker, and to visit <coughs> in the Heichal Hashem. In the, in the lower Shechina, to connect to the Lord, the, the Malchus. Asher noy, listen to this, this, this next line. Asher noyam areivus mesikus, his because <coughs> the incredible sweetness of one tiny drop of light of Hashem, Yef <coughs> we can't fathom how sweet that is. And it's worth enduring all the suffering that a person goes through and all the suffering of the world. And to struggle to overcome all of the materialistic desires. And to, to struggle in serving Hashem with every possible type of struggle and effort and self-sacrifice, be'emes, for real, bishvil arevus ne'imus in order to taste one drop of that incredible sweetness, of the, incredible, the, the high light of Hashem. <clears throat> Just like the Gemara says, that one second, one fraction of a second in Gehenna is worse than all the suffering in the world combined, multiplied by a thousand. Lahavdel, Rav Nosenzal is reminding us here that one taste of the real sweetness of Hashem, of, 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 of an understanding of Hashem, makes everything worth it. A billion struggles and a billion's effort, all the effort is worth it. If a person experiences one taste of that, it... it it exceeds, it far exceeds all the pleasures of this world combined, multiplied by a billion. Fortunate it is the person who will really, really pursue this, who will really pursue <coughs> this path of working, trying to be and coming close to the true tzaddikim, whose mission is to infuse us with emuna shlema. How do they do it? They reveal incredible high-level toilets. They're able to take incredible, incredible high-level concepts and bring it down to a level that we can relate to. Not that we grasp it, we realize that we're very, very far from having a real full understanding of the words of these great tzaddikim, but we get it enough to realize how far we are, to realize how little we know, to realize how great Hashem is, and thereby strengthen our emun and Hashem. And through this combination, these tzaddikim give us a taste of Olam Haba, a taste of, of the Noyam Hashem, you know, this incredible sweetness. And again, Rav Nosenzal says, when you get a taste of that, you know that nothing, nothing in the physical world comes close in a billion miles of, of the, the high that a person experiences when they're experiencing that connection to Hashem. Any questions? Nelson, it, 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 it sounds, I don't want to, it sounds like a carrot and a stick. In, in most people, 
most people, I mean, how possible is it to experience this called a divine bliss? One just, unless one is totally dedicated, dedicated, and even then, you know, as the Kumar says, we will be shimmer. I mean, how many people can really experience this? Yes, we have Rabbenuzal and we have his pathway connected to the Tariq, but to have this experience, it's the most delightful pleasure, but how accessible is it really? The, the answer is, and this is an important rule in Yiddishkeit and in Breslov, every single person definitely can experience this on their level, on their level. Everything we learn about the great Sadiqim, we learn about Rabbi Nizal as a child who used to come to shul early Friday afternoon and beg Hashem, plead, beg Hashem, I want to see Shabbos. I want to experience, I want to feel what Shabbos is. And he'd cry and cry and cry. And then people would start coming into the shul. He'd put his head into one of the standards. Nobody should see. He was a little kid, you know. And then when, when, when he would take his head out and look, he would see the lights in the shul, it says. And he would see, it would seem to him like he's, being, he's seeing this divine light of Hashem. He's seeing, you know. We know that he definitely did experience it. And, and Rav Nosson Zal writes in a few places in Likut HaLochas that everything that's written about the great Sadiqim, the fact that it's in these forum is a message to us that we also can definitely relate to it and experience it on our, on our level. There are definitely times when a person who has exploited us and a person who tries to make a sincere effort to come close to Hashem will experience a certain high a certain connection, and and, and 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 when a person does experience that, it they can they can tell that this is way above. This is nothing like ice cream or chocolate or other or the pleasures in this world. This is something completely different and above that. Again, each and every person on their level, and the fact that he's writing it here is is to telling us that this is what we're supposed to strive for, this is what we're supposed to yearn for, this is, this is the goal, and to know that we can get to it on different levels at the, each time as we're growing in our Yiddishkeit, we can experience this on different levels. We have the story that we told about the Bat Ayin coming to Eretz Yisrael, that he wanted to feel the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and through sincere tefillah he did get it, trying to think, I, I thought of something else also related to this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But a lot has to do with the hachana, the hachana for a mitzvah, you know, preparing. For example, Hanukkah, in Breslau, the custom to say the Likutei Tfilais on Hanukkah. There are some people that go to the mikvah before lighting the candles. And again, in Hispoidus, in Hispoidus, we're in the middle of Hanukkah now, to plead with Hashem, the Torah tells us that this is a nuclear holiday. This makes Putin's missiles and all of that stuff look like little toys that, that three-year-olds are playing with. The, the missiles that Hashem is shooting in the world now, the great bright light of Hanukkah, each one of these candles. And to beg Hashem, help me be zechet, to believe, to believe in the holiness of this, these yantivs. Help me be zechet, to learn as much as I can about it. And help me be zechet, to feel it, to feel the, the spiritual high of a yantiv. Sure. Now, Rav Nelson, another question. Are we supposed to be doireish and roidef emuna or chachma? The answer is both. The answer is both. 
We're supposed to be seeking and chasing to increase our emuna every single day. We say in the morning, <coughs> Great is faith in you. And again, Rabba Munasech means I want to increase my faith every day. That's the opening statement when a person wakes up in the morning before washing Negovasa. Rabba Emunasecha. Reminding myself that the most important thing in Yiddishkeit and in life is Emuna, and it's all about Rabba Emunasech. It's all about increasing the Emuna. That's the adding the new candle every day that we're doing now. Moisifahoylech, increasing our Emuna. But Emuna is not complete without its partner. It needs Chachma, it needs Chius. We have to infuse Chius into the Emuna. That's why they went to the Beis Hamikdash to see the Oyer HaPonim of Hashem. That's why we go to a Tzaddik. That's why we learn Torah, to receive. We go to the Tzaddik because the Tzaddik's a combination of both, Chachma and Emunah. We're getting both from him. We study Torah in order to infuse Chiyas, to put Chiyas into our Emunah. Now Rav Mosesal goes into a, a beautiful, clear explanation about the Yom Tif of Pesach. He mentioned Pesach earlier, that that's the beginning of all the holidays, explaining what matzah is, what chametz is, on a very, very high, clear level. V'zeh b'chinas matzah, ki b'pesach nezgale oyer godel b'yoyser kamuva. Because the Arizal reveals to us that on the night of Pesach, Hashem revealed an incredible, incredible high level of light. And that light we definitely cannot achieve. We can't grasp it whatsoever. Befrat, especially since we're up to Pesach, which is 50 days before Shavuos, we haven't gotten the Torah yet. Which means we don't have vessels into which to receive and, and achieve that light. Because one of the most important ways that we prepare vessels, that we have vessels into which the light of Hashem can be received and related to is the Torah, the letters and the words and the, 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 the boundaries of the Torah. Bechinas shiura diasvon doiraisa, as the Zohar Kodesh refers to the measurements of the Torah. V'alkein oz bePesach betchilas his galas elkusis borach. Therefore, on Pesach, which is the beginning when Hashem is first revealing Himself to the Jewish people as a nation, tzrichen li Zohar moed afilumi mashu chametz. We have to be extremely careful to avoid even the tiniest drop of chametz. You're not even allowed to see it in your possession. And it's not even allowed to be present in your possession, even if you don't see it. Not allowed to have any of it whatsoever. Because the term chametz also means when a person dwells on something. Chimutz hamoyach means the fermenting of the brain. Just like how do grapes ferment, you have to leave them for a while. Leave them soaking for a while, they ferment. Chimut Samoyach means when a person is thinking a lot about something. Bechinas chachmois v'chakirus. 
This refers to those types of chachmois and chakiris, philosophical type of thinking. Bechinas ki levavi, as the Pasuk says, when my heart will ferment or sour or spoil. Here the term chomets is being used to refer to fermenting in a sense of spoiling. Dovran Melech in that Pasuk is referring to the types of secular wisdoms and philosophy that enters into the heart of a person, which want to destroy the person. They want to take the person out of the world. By, by getting the person to delve philosophically, to try to understand things philosophically. Throughout the rest of the year, when the light of Hashem is not burning so brightly as it was on that first night of Pesach, and especially if it's after Shavuos, when we already received the Torah, the Torah is all vessels and constrictions into which we can receive Hashem's light in a positive way. That's why we're allowed to eat chametz throughout the rest of the year, and it doesn't do any harm at all. Why? Because our emuna is already solid because we already received the Torah. This is after Shavuos, number one, but even after Pesach, even after Pesach, the fact that, that we know today we received the Torah a few thousand years ago, that, that already gives us that solid emuna that allows us to eat chametz during that period of time. As the Pasuk says, all of the mitzvahs are emuna, give us emuna. And therefore, even though we're eating chametz throughout the rest of the year, except for Pesach, it does not cause any fermentation, any spoilage in our brain whatsoever. Whereas Avalachshav Bepesach, Sheoz Hascholas his Galaselkusis Borach, whereas on Pesach, which was the beginning of when Hashem started to reveal his great light to us, Vaoz Nezgale Oyer Godel Melamala, Beli Isaruso de Lesato Klal. And on Pesach, there was a unique situation, the Sifre Kabbal explained, where Hashem was forced to jump in and rescue us even though we didn't really do anything to deserve it. It was all, that great light that comes down on that first night of Pesach is all Isarusa de Leila. It's all a gift, a freebie from Hashem in a sense. This incredible great light. Because we, if Hashem had waited for us to make a move, we would never have gotten out of Mitzrayim. Because we were so deeply steeped in the tomb of Mitzrayim. Therefore, Hashem was forced to turn on this incredible bright light 
that satisfied all the requirements of Isarusa Dalele, Isarusa Lasata, everything, to just jump in and rescue us, pull us out of there. Kimuva Bekavonas Pesach, the Priyetz Chaim, as the Arizal explains all of this in his Sefer. In this great light that's revealed on that first night of Pesach, we cannot grasp that at all whatsoever. Rock, however, uh, so then what's the purpose of it? Then what does it do for us? However, as a result of Hashem revealing that incredible high-level light, Every Jewish soul who observes Pesach, who observes the Antifa Pesach, and fulfills the mitzvahs of Pesach, and prepares for Pesach, takes a haircut to prepare for Pesach, goes to the mikveh, bathes for Pesach, and, and buys the special food, spends money for Yontif, buys new clothes for Pesach, all the different, and pleads with Hashem to be zoicha, to experience Pesach, that person's soul will get turned on with a, an incredible high, an incredible feeling drawn to Hashem, with a, an incredible deep yearning for Hashem, because even though the person doesn't really see that light physically, his neshama sees it and feels it and, and experiences it. So here's an example where Abnus Nassau is explaining to us what's going on, what's going on on, Sha- on, on all holidays, Shabbos, Hanukkah, there's this tremendous light. What does it have to do with me? The answer is, depending on the degree that I believe in it, if I believe in it, and if I make whatever efforts I can within emuna and chachma to connect to it, the emuna through tefillah, and, and believing in it. The Chachma, learning about it, learning about Shabbos, learning about Hanukkah, learning about Yom Tif, learn Through those efforts, Emuna combined with Tefillah, combined with Seichel, a person will be able to experience that their soul will get turned on with a deep yearning for Hashem, a yearning and longing for Hashem. And you see this, sometimes you're in shul, I know in our shul on a Friday night, sometimes they're singing L'chadoidi, and I'll see a person start dancing, and a person, and, and they're not faking it. They're feeling a high, they're feeling, they're turned on. How do they get turned on? Could be by, through his through could be by learning about you, through the combination of all of these things, and coming to the tzaddik, coming to the shul of the tzaddik, and coming to the tzaddik in all the different ways. A person is zoicha to this, that the nefesh is misoyra behisoyrus godol avoidosis borach, bishtoikikus nimrat smoid. And again, Rav Nosanzal is writing this for everyone, for all of us, for the men, for the women, for the children. This will also explain why we had to run out of Egypt in a hurry. As the Pasuk says, they were chased out of Egypt and they couldn't wait. They didn't even have time to prepare food. Here comes an incredible, incredible advice 
regarding a person who has fallen into any type of tumor, any type of impurity, any type of urethra or nephila. This applies to every single one of us all the time. Ki kol echad kolzman shehu meshuka betaivois vehevloi olam azeh zebechinas golos mitzrayim ki Each and every single one of us, so long as we're still involved and steeped in the taivois and foolishness of this world, we are in a state of golos mitzrayim. That's called golos mitzrayim. That's called exile. We're not inside of the Kedusha. We're not inside Eretz Yisrael. We're not inside the holiness. There are people who are very steeped in the tomb of Mitzrayim, in the idols of their sins. Rabbi Nezah writes in Sefer Amidah that sins inject apikursis, atheism into a person. Every Avera steals some emuna from a person, weakens the person's emuna. And because the person is steeped in all of this garbage, in, a, in a, very much so, you cannot extricate the person from there. You cannot get the person out of there by rebuking them and telling them you're a big Russia. You, you know what you're doing is terrible. Because the person has already become so attached to the foolishness, to the sins, to the point where it's impossible to get them out of there whatsoever. If you're going to want to try to tell that person Torah or give them words of Musr, on their level. Tell them, look what, the, look what it says in the halacha, you're not allowed to do this. However, Hashem is always thinking and figuring out ways to see to it that no Jew should be left behind, no Jew should be rejected. And therefore, Hashem sends that person a light, a blast of light, an inspiration to, to get the person, to turn the person on to, to return to Hashem. This is what the Gemara refers to in some places, that there's a heavenly announcement, that there's an announcement from heaven that says, What does that have to do with me? The answer is that announcement, the heart of a Jew feels that sometimes. And a person has to have rachmonas on themselves. We have to have pity on ourselves. The takev kishibol of hahisoyrus lechuva, and the moment that that person feels that inspiration to to want to do tshuva, takev umiyad yemaher lehimolet al nafshoi, to immediately pick up their feet and run, get out of there, escape, v'lo yistakel achor of klal, and not look behind at all whatsoever. 
Bebechinas, as it says in the Torah, when Hashem said that He was going to wipe out the city of Sedoim because they were so evil, such Rishoim, the instruction to light was, get out of there. Maher himolet al-Navshecha. Hurry, save yourself, run, get out of there quickly. Al-Tabit don't look back. Bechinas, as the Pesach says, Oirach Chaim Pentafales. The path of life, be careful that you shouldn't rebel against it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go against it. Because of the fact that the person is so deeply entrenched in their foolishness, in their Thai voice, in their nonsense. Alkain, that person, if they'll stop to think, one minute, what, what, how am I going to do it? How am I going to become religious? How, what? The minute, and exactly how am I going to get rid of that taiva? How am I going to stop smoking? How am I going to stop vaping? How am I going to stop playing with my phone? How am I going to stop doing all of that? If he's going to start thinking about it, and exactly how am I going to do tshuva? The person's going to fall right back into the mud, into the pit, into their foolishness. Because the person is in a state where they're so deeply sunken into it, and they're in such a state of confusion. Therefore, if they're going to try to think, it's going to just set them back. They're just going to fall right back in. Alkane, therefore, when a person first gets turned on to tshuva, the person has to escape immediately. Get out. The minute they feel that isoyrus, run. Get out. And don't look back. No matter what. The person should have rachmonos on themselves. And run away quickly from whatever they need to run away, whatever their taiva is, whatever the thing is. This is the lesson in this holiday of Pesach. That's when the Jewish nation got out of the mud, out of the filth, out of Mitzrayim, which was the filthiest place on earth. Because then Hashem revealed a very high level light from above. And then the Jews left immediately in a big rush. They couldn't wait. They couldn't procrastinate. Had they hesitated for one second, they would have been stuck there permanently. Kamuva, as is brought in the Al Sheikh Hakodesh in Parsha Shmois. I remember as a kid in high school, the first part of high school, I went to Yeshiva Torvadas. The second part of high school, my parents switched me. They wanted me to get into a good college. And they were told, you can't do that from Torvadas. So they switched me to a much more modern high school. In this modern high school, they had a custom. On Purim, Purim is fun. What was the fun? To make fun of the entire administration. It was called a Chagiga. They had a, a, a beautiful celebration, one of the days of Purim, in the evening. 
everybody came and they put on plays and skits making fun of every, each and every person. And a lot of it was ugly. A lot of it was ugly fun. You could imagine. These weren't Tamidi Chachamim. These weren't Sadiqim. So their version of fun, as we find in the world, this is, this is a common thing in the world, this, uh, that, that one, of, one, one of the types of humor is making fun of other people or fun of other things that people do, even if they're sacred, even if they're holy and important. One year, there was a little bit, there were a couple of people who were more religious that decided, let's see if we could do this, let's see if, if we could turn this around a little bit. And they brought a chazan, I think his name was Sherwood Gaffin. You could probably, today, you know, he might be 150 years old if he's still alive. <coughs> In those days, he was a chazan, but not the chazan, he was, he was popular, popular singing music. We got permission from the school like, to bring him, and to pay, we had to pay for it, obviously. Not only that, but the school gave us permission to have beer. They brought a, a keg of beer to the Chagiga because, because this time we were going to do it much more religious. You know, we're going to do it, you know. And sure enough, the first day for the Chagiga was unbelievable. I remember they took pit. There was dancing like on Simcha's Torah in a good religious shul. People were on, on each other's shoulders, dancing, singing. This chazan was singing beautiful. So it was fabulous fabulous. Then it came time for the skit, the performance. And, and what happened was it started a little bit okay and then veered off course. Went back to ugly, ugly sarcasm, ugly making fun and that kind of thing. And I remember the feeling that it was like so sad that it looked like there was almost an opportunity that these kids who never never experienced that kind of thing, they never experienced a real Simchas Torah, a holy Simchas Torah. Dancing, these kids were into rock music at the time. There was no such thing as Jewish music for them. It was all rock and roll, hard rock, the things that they were listening to in the 1800s when I was in high school. Not exactly. But, but that, was the, that, was the, that was the music. And suddenly this was all kosher, glad kosher, beautiful Jewish music. And everybody got into it and everything. But, but it was so easy to slide right back. You don't know, a person doesn't know that when a person is steeped, when a person's addicted to something, whatever taiva it is, that, that they're in a critical state. And in order to get out of it, you have to run. You have to run and get out. Out means get out completely. And not look, no looking back. No turning back. We're going to see what Nelson is going to elaborate on that now. Vegam osur loy oz lahaschil lachshev al parnosa. Rav Nosenzal anticipates one of the major weapons of the Yetzirah, the Satan, for people who are not religious or a person who is less religious. And now we're telling them to become religious, which involves spending time going to shul three times a day, learning Torah. I'm going to do all of this. Well, how am I going to make money? How am I going to survive? When a person has to get out of Mitzrayim, when a person realizes they're in an emergency state, they're in a very, very bad place, that's not the time to be thinking about Parnassah. Because if, if I become religious or if I become more religious, uh, what am I going to do for Parnassah? But rather, at that moment, at that time, 
the mission, the 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 path is to trust in Hashem, the Yashlich all of Yisparach Yehovai, and to place all of his needs, all of his concerns on Hashem, the Hu Yechalkeleu. Hashem will support him. Why does the Torah tell us this? We know that every word in the Torah is a billion dollars. What do I care if they took lunch boxes with them or not? Ooh, that's Torah? That's Torah. That's Torah. To know that when a person is running out of Mitzrayim, don't think about lunch. Don't think about what am I going to eat. When a person needs to escape from what they need to escape, from that trap, at that time, it's forbidden to think about parnasa or lunch boxes. Rabnosan says when a person is suddenly attacked by murderers or thieves, and he decides to run for his life, at that moment, he's not thinking, what am I going to do for Parnassa? When, when a person is running away from a murderer, a guy with a gun who's looking to kill him. How much more so? When a person has to run away from the lowest level of Gehenna, and what's below that? And from eternal suffering, when a person run, wants to run away from Gehenna, from, from going into Gehenna forever, how to what degree does that person need to run and escape for his life? And not turn back at all, not look back. Because at that time he cannot procrastinate, he cannot delay, he's got to run quick. And don't talk about, but don't deal with Parnosa then, run for your life. And rely on Hashem, and lean on Hashem, because Hashem will not forsake him. Food and money, you mean. Parnosa meaning money, exactly. A point that Seda and Parnosa represent two of the major Taivas that Rabbeinazal refers to Taiva Sachila and Taiva Smomon. Yes. But note, note, we're talking about when a person is in emergency mode. When a person's running away from a murder, he's not saying that religious people should never go to work, should never do anything for Parnassa. He's saying when a person realizes that they're in a very desperate situation, at that moment, run for your life. In, in Rav Nosenzal's biography, in Rav Nosenzal's story, we know that Rav Nosenzal, when he first got married, the relationship was that they had a store. His father, his father was wealthy, and his father-in-law was a very, very prominent great rabbi. And, and Rav Nosenzal spent years learning. And then at a certain point, at a certain point, they set up a store for him and his wife. 
and, and the wife would stay in the store most of the time, but every evening, Rabbi Nelson Zal would go over with her the cheshbonis, do cheshbonis to see what, you know, what, what to, to, to give her pricing on, on certain things she'd know the prices of and to see what's going on. At one point, Rabbi Nelson said to Rabbi Nelson Zal, and Rabbi Nelson Zal would tell Rabbi Nelson what was going on in his life, and when Rabbi Nelson heard this, he said, a person like you, every night you have to spend time on this? Maybe you could do it once a week, that kind of thing. And Rabbi Nelson Zal started doing it once a week. And, and gradually, gradually, Rabbi Nelson took him out of the realm of Parnassah, out of work, because Rabbi Nelson knew that this is the one in a thousand people who's qualified to be learning full-time and who's qualified to become a, a tzaddik and a goyim and to write sforum like this and to be able to help the entire Kal Yisrael in an incredible way. And, and, one, and at one point, his father got upset by this and his wife was upset, couldn't handle this and everything. And, and, and the father started uh, complaining and everything. And at one point, the father had business partners. And the business partners understood. They saw who Rabbi Nelson Zal was and everything. So at one point, they said, give us back all the merchandise. We're going to sell it. And we'll give you, the, we'll give you the, the results, the profits of it. And again, Rabbi Nelson Zal knew that for him, on his level, this was his mission. He had to forego, despite the fact that he grew up in a house of wealth, and, and, and he ended up selling many things that he had, expensive things that he had, and he ended up living the, the, the second part of his life in poverty, struggling, having to ask for help for Yontif and things like that. But he understood that in order for him to be able to accomplish what he needed to accomplish to make his contribution to Klal Yisrael, the Likutei Alochais, the Likutei Tfilois, the Likutei Maran, all this form of Rabbein Azal. Rabbein Azal said, if not for him, we wouldn't have one page. Rabbein Azal understood that this is what was required for him and his family. In, in, in this, this sacrifice, in a sense. Rabbein Azal writes in Sipuri Maisius, in the story of the Baltfila, that when the Baltfila would be Makar of people, each and every person he dealt with individually. One person, he understood that person needed poverty. Even if he came from wealth, he made sure that that person got poverty. Another person he understood needed to wear gold, gold buttons. He gave that person had the gold buttons. The tzaddik is the one who really understands what each person's, need, what each person's path is in being able to achieve their success in serving Hashem. And each person has to be mispalled for this, to be able to know how much time to devote for parnosa, how much time to devote for Torah, for Avodah Hashem, etc. Am I a Yisachar? Am I a Zvulun? Or am I a healthy combination of both? The Chayodom writes in the introduction to his Sefer, the Chayodom was one of the great outstanding Rabbonim in his time, I believe it's in the early 1800s or in the 1700s when the, when the Chayodom lived. And he spent his early years learning, obviously becoming one of the Gedoyle Ador. And then at a certain point, he had to go out and work. And he writes in the introduction to his Sefer 
that all of my friends can testify that even when I was working, during the times I had to travel to different places to do business, I always had Sfarim with me, and every opportunity that I could possibly learn Torah, I never missed an opportunity. I was always reviewing my learning and studying and studying. He's writing this for a person to know that his Sefer isn't being written by an Amoritz. And a person, we know that Chayodim is one of the pillars in Halacha, in terms of an authority. So we see that it was possible, even while going to work, to be able to remain connected to Torah. We know that there are some people today, working people, who are around their third CM on Shas, learning Dafyomi. There are people that say Dafyomi is for babies, Dafyomi is for people who can't learn. That's not real learning. These people who are not really learning are on their third time around Shas, and there are some people who are really learning, and they haven't covered a third of Shas yet. They think they're really learning. They don't know that really learning is a combination of Bikias and Ian, and it means really covering a lot of ground. It, it's not so simple. We'll hold it over here for now. We're in the middle of a paragraph. We'll continue tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem.